2: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
3: The Miami Heat took over in the fourth quarter and owned Game 2. Can playoff Jimmy and the crew keep this up? Also, how do the Nuggets take back control of this series? And why the Panthers are undeterred by the beginning of the Stanley Cup Final? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today.
4: Searching all major sports. Found
2: Let's start with the biggest story.
3: The Miami Heat went into Denver and did what they have done all postseason long. They shot the lights out and they came back in the fourth quarter to win. A 36-25 to 25 fourth quarter from the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler did what Jimmy Butler always does. It's playoff Jimmy. 111-108. They take game two. From Ball Arena in Denver, Locked On Heat host Wes Goldberg joins me now. And and Wes, there was um, a flurry in seemingly every quarter where you just go, okay, this team has grabbed this game by the, the throat, and it was the Heat in the fourth quarter ultimately that, that was able to take this game. What what happened in the fourth quarter that allowed them to do that?
0: You know, they, they were led by their big three of Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and apparently Duncan Robinson, you know, and and they <laughs> – uh, they just it it seemed like they figured something out in that fourth quarter with Bam specifically facilitating at the nail. And look, that's something that Bam's always done for the last several years. Um, but they it was it felt like they were spamming that button even more in the fourth quarter tonight. Just split cuts to his left side with multiple types of actions and multiple types of players involved. And Duncan Robinson, not just getting the threes and the dribble handoffs, but cutting to the basket when when Denver overplayed it. Um, Gabe Vincent doing that uh, uh, as well. Um, Jimmy Butler, you know, making a corner three on the left side and then coming back and then going in for a layup. So he's just mixing things in, keeping Denver's defense guessing. uh, And Bam was the fulcrum of all of it. He was just, he was, he was like Nikola Jokic light, honestly. Like he was just making all the right reads, all the right calls, and getting them into just good shot after good shot after good shot. And they scored 36 points on I think 19 possessions. I mean, that's an insane clip uh that that's that's elite so um and i think you have to start with bam uh in terms of credit
3: yeah and so there was this conversation after the game eric spolstra asked about making nicole jokic a scorer um a question that he took exception to um what what do you think of this idea and is it something that you think actually is a viable strategy long long long-ish term right seven games is not really long term anyway
0: I think it was less trying to make Jokic a score. And I think that's why Spolster was a little annoyed with the question. Um, it, it's less about making Jokic a score and more about taking things away from his from his teammates. So Bam was pretty ass point blank about this and he said, We just try to take away the cutters. That's it. You know, and and, and if if you kind of make Jokic a scorer. Uh, sort of, if that's the domino effect of that, then that's the domino effect of that. But the last thing Miami wants is what happened in game one with Aaron Gordon just cutting them into oblivion, 12 points in the first quarter for Aaron Gordon. And Michael Porter Jr. wasn't an efficient night for him, but he had a bunch of good looks that they didn't want to give up again. Uh, and you kind of just go down Bruce Brown, you go down the list and all of those guys had nice games. You don't want that to happen because you also know that Jokic is just going to get what he wants anyway. So the last thing you want is for his teammates to get easy buckets. So that's really what the key is. Um, I agree with Spolstra when it's somebody like Jokic you're not going to take away this uh, uh, in favor of that he's going to get everything but what to me was the key tonight five turnovers to just four assists for Nikola Jokic so it was that ball pressure making yeah. it difficult a lot of times just sort of pestering him on his way down the court uh and and I'm not going to say that they got in his head but they annoyed him there was a lot of instances with Jokic uh just sort of uh, uh, badgering with the officials and kind of seemed uh, very visibly flustered. And that's the kind of thing that happens when you are flustered by the way the game flow is going. And so uh, I think they got Jokic out of his comfort zone. And I think that's going to be the strategy going forward for them.
3: Now, I think if you're a pessimist, you look at this and you go, okay, well, the the starters were incredible against the Denver starters. You get, um, you know, 23 points from Game Vincent. You get Duncan Robinson flexing on the Denver crowd after a layup in in." in it's just sort of like, okay, and
0: then you won by three. Right. Like, what, what is the counter to that? Well, both teams shot really well. I mean, Miami actually shot worse from the field than Denver did. Denver shot 52% yeah. overall. Miami Incredible. shot 48, uh, almost 49%. They shot 40, almost 49% from three-point range, where Denver shot 39%, and that's kind of the equalizer there. Uh, but they also got 35 three-point attempts up, so I think it was the volume that Miami shot with. Um, the turnovers, they need to be cleaned up on Miami's end, especially the transition off of the turnovers. That was a big problem for them in that second quarter when Denver made their run, but this was a game of, I don't know, three different runs, right? Miami had the big run in the first quarter, end up going up by 11 or 12. Uh, Denver makes that huge run, kind of bridging the second and the third quarter, they go up by 15 and then Miami makes that final push. Uh, the one that we already discussed in the fourth quarter.
3: Stay up to date all year on the Miami Heat by subscribing to Locked on Sports Today and Locked on Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, how do the Nuggets take back control of the finals? Before we answer that, Ed Oliver has officially secured the bag in Buffalo. Bad day to be at table. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's right, $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Usually when you bet and you are wrong, they just keep your money. Now, if you bet and are wrong, you get your money back to gamble with Again, it is a wonderful, beautiful thing. Just go to Fandle.com and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to who wins the NBA finals. Or you can check out some baseball lines. The St. Louis Cardinals are in Arlington to face the Texas Rangers. Fandle likes Texas at home with odds on the Rangers winning minus 126. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $2,000. 2500 dollars when you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting
2: partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: The Bills have agreed to terms with 2019 first-round pick Ed Oliver on a four-year deal worth almost $70 million, including $45 million guaranteed. The deal will keep Oliver under contract through the 2027 season, and that $45 million guaranteed figure is tied for the eighth, eighth most among active interior defensive line contracts. Prior to reaching an agreement with the former ninth overall pick, the Bills did not have a defensive tackle signed for the 2024 season or beyond. By the way, 2024 next season seems like you would need some defensive tackles next season. The team has a number of veterans at the position, but did not address it in the draft, despite general manager Brandon Bean saying afterward he had hoped to do so. Norma Hunt, who as the wife of the late Kansas City Chiefs founder Lamar Hunt, attended all 57 Super Bowl games, has died. The Hunt family announced in a statement released by the team. She was 85 years old. In a statement released by the NFL, Commissioner Roger Goodell said he had known Hunt for nearly 40 years and he was always struck by her warmth and grace. Thark Hunt has been the chairman of the Chiefs since Norma's husband Lamar Hunt died in 2006 on the diamond the Toronto Blue Jays had a nice weekend
4: they swept the New York Mets hello friends Craig Ballard locked on Blue Jays for the fourth time this season absolutely thrilled to be saying how sweet it is for your Toronto Blue Jays in today's game Monday afternoon series finale at New York against the Mets Blue Jays led 4-0 were caught at 4-0 but then Brandon Bell who was robbed all game by yet another yet another right atrocious performance by a home plate umpire my goodness robo umps yesterday but belt in his final at bat late in the game went straight away center field huge two-run home runs and the blue jays bullpen secured the rest of the game for the 6-4 win and the sweep just 11 total runs over the weekend series, but it was a sweep. <laughs> now, what is it with the Blue Jays' extremes on weekends, right? Swept by Baltimore a few weekends ago, but the weekend before that swept Atlanta, and the weekend before that swept Pittsburgh, and now this weekend, sweep the New York Mets. I don't think a sweep is coming in this next series, as the Blue Jays do return home, but it's four against the extremely good Houston Astros. Join me on Lockdown Blue Jays.
3: All that money, and the Mets can't win games. And the Rangers can do no wrong right now, right after sweeping
0: the Mariners. Rangers take three out of three against the Mariners in an absolutely obliterating sweep especially in the Sunday game where they won 12-3. to I'm Bryce Pattercos with the Locked On Rangers Podcast. This was an absolute butt-whooping by the Rangers all weekend long capped with this Sunday game. The Rangers had eight extra base hits, including six doubles, two home runs, a massive, massive showing yet again by the Rangers offense that just scored 16 runs the day before. This was against Bryce Miller, who is one of the best rookie pitchers in baseball. They did it against relievers in this fantastic bullpen. It did not matter. The Rangers are mashing everybody who's thrown at them. Nathan Eovaldi had a fantastic six shutout innings of work. Continues to be fantastic after being named AL Pitcher of the Month. This Rangers team is really freaking good.
2: Here is another story you need to know.
3: The NBA Finals now shifts to Miami with the series tied at one game each which has Denver fans going okay how can we get back on track here Matt Moore the host of Locked On Nuggets if there's anyone that has some answers it is Matt and and Matt you had a a comment during the game that I thought was really interesting that it was a game because of the way the heat were shooting you felt like it was a game they absolutely had to win can you explain why Because if you're going to shoot like that, your margin for error has to be like zero. Like, you have to
1: win a game like that. If you lose, when you have that kind of shooting performance, you're letting an absolute gift go away. You do not get those types of shooting performances consistently throughout a playoff series. Now, the Miami Heat have gotten those those shooting performances consistently (laughs) versus the Milwaukee Bucks and then versus the Boston Celtics. But if they had lost this game, it would have proven that even if the, the Heat shoot amazing, and they did shoot amazing on threes tonight, 49%, It wasn't enough to beat Denver's offense, which was also incredible. They had to win this game. It was set up for them that way. They dug out of a hole that they got themselves into in non jokic minutes in the second quarter. They beat the starters. If you get Nikola Jokic to be a minus 11, you win the Jokic minutes by 11 points, you shoot 49% from three, you had better win the game. And that's exactly what Miami did to even the series
3: 1-1. And they still only barely won. One of the conversations that you and I had um, during the... Um, or the I think it was the Phoenix series you were like mm, this is not really a nip and tuck series that was that was really a series that the Denver won and you had two out-of-body experiences from Devin Booker I know it's only two games this is this is starting to feel a little similar to that right now it's gonna we're gonna need more to get there but like do, do you see those similarities
1: A little bit, I think I would be honest in that this is like how Miami wants to play, right? Like Miami's more comfortable winning close. Denver's going to win a lot of close games. They've been excellent, but they melted in the fourth quarter like so many teams have done versus the Heat before. So for Denver you know, they were able to get separation in game one on a terrible game from Miami. They were unable to beat Miami when what was a great game from them all around, except for Jimmy Butler. So I think really what this comes down to is like, if things even out and you get a great game from Denver, which they did not play tonight and you get a great game from Miami, what does that look like? Even with a one twenty four offensive rating, Denver could have been better they could have been significantly better especially defensively so I think there's a lot of ways where this is going to be a little bit tighter I don't necessarily think this is going to be wild swings one direction or the other I think this one is going to be closer I don't think Denver is geared necessarily to win by huge blowout margins and I definitely don't think that Miami is going to win by more than 15 at any point in the series maybe I'm wrong but I don't get that kind of sense or, or feeling from how they play the game. The pace is also really glacial, which gives both teams an opportunity to come back if they just hit some shots late. So I do think we're going to see it's probably going to be a pretty tight series in the fourth quarter going forward. Uh, uh,
3: I, I talked to Wes in our, in our first segment about this turn Jokic into a scorer idea. Eric Spolstra dismissed it after the game. Um, the untrained eye even taking some shots um, about people talking about it What do you make of this notion, which I know we touched on after game one?
1: They had a 124 offensive rating. Never had an 80th percentile performance offensively amongst all games this season from all teams. The offense was fine. Like, you made Joker a scorer. He scored. He scored efficiently. He scored well. They could have scored better. Honestly, I think what we'll probably see is that a lot of the potential assists did not go his way with MPJ continuing his struggles. KCP not being able to knock down threes. There were probably more opportunities that were blown by the wayside. It's not that Joker wasn't making passes. It's that guys weren't converting, and I don't necessarily know that that was great heat defense. I think some of it was just the Nuggets missed shots. I also think that with all that, again, they put up the offensive rating that they needed to, to win this game. This game was lost for Denver on the defensive end. And if Miami's going to shoot 49%, yeah, you can turn Jokic into a score. That's going to work out just fine for you because there's no way for them to be able to out-generate whatever it is that you're going to do.
3: Just, I want to close on this. When you look at the, the, the starters versus starters minutes, I mean, the, the, the heat crushed the nuggets in those starter minutes. Um, They shot, Almost 50% from three. They made Jokic a score, which theoretically they wanted to do, and still only barely won. That's the model. That's how they want to win.
1: Like, they, again, this is not a team that. I, I, Miami's not going to be able to get clearance versus this team. Denver's too good offensively. So they're going to need to win games like this. They ha, This is what they've done throughout the playoffs is everything tilts in their favor. Like three 50-50 calls in the third quarter on out-of-bounds plays all go their way. Mm-hmm. Random missed goaltend 10 on uh, Jamal Murray leaner leaner that Bam Adebayo blocked goes their way. And that's not saying that this was because of the officials. It wasn't. It was because of the 49% from three. Miami's entire gift in these playoffs is their ability to to make stuff like this happen. It's not like, oh, their defense, causes no, no, no. Random stuff happens, and then good stuff randomly happens for them, and that's why they're three wins away from the finals. And if it continues to occur, which it has, they're gonna win the finals. Denver's gonna have to find a way to be better than them. They can't leave it up to chance, which is what they did in game two.
3: Stay up to date all year on the Denver Nuggets by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Nuggets on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Panthers aren't worried about the Golden Knights winning Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
3: The Florida Panthers were not supposed to be here, right? They were supposed to lose to the Boston Bruins in round one and become a historical footnote for one of the greatest seasons in NHL history. Wrong. The Panthers stopped history and beat the Bruins, and they, of course, deserve to be here. You have to win the games. And as Locked On Panthers host Armando Velez points out, the series doesn't start until the home team loses.
0: A few quotes that Paul Murray said was, everybody just effing breathe. That is a, a quote from Paul Murray's directly uh, post-game from, from, uh, from Vegas. and. Honestly, uh, after, after experiencing game one of the first round series and we're, we as Florida Panther fans are used to the Florida Panthers not winning game ones of series as well. And I, and I know there was that 26 year drought and everything for the Florida Panthers, too. But listen, we spoke about Vegas losing game one of excuse me, winning game one of 2018 as well. Uh not everything carries over from one game to the other in in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's also not
3: forget, and I don't know how you could, a Florida team in the NBA finals right now was also not supposed to be there. The eighth seed. They almost didn't make the playoffs at all. They lost game one of the play-in tournament. This is just how this works sometimes so the Miami Heat look like they're in a very different position right now than they were after game one right these series change game to game every single time two-time NCAA champion Rose Zhang became the first player in 72 years to win on the LPGA tour in her pro debut capturing the Mizuho Americas Open with a par on the second playoff hole against Jennifer Cupcho on Sunday. Zhang arrived on the LPGA with the most fanfare since Michelle Wee West in 2005. And Zhang delivered in the shadow of the Big Apple at Liberty National. It's in New Jersey. She went from NCAA champion to LPGA champion in a span of 13 days. The last woman to win as a pro in her debut was Beverly Hansen, who edged Babe Zaharias to take the Eastern Open in 1951. Truly amazing stuff. And I doubt the last time we will be talking about Rosang winning a golf tournament on this show. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who has had the best offseason in the NFL? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.